Welcome back. It is the Razball Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I am Bidon, joined by the fantasy master Lothario himself, Gray Albright. How you doing over there, Gray? Hey, what's going on there, Bidon? I am uh, I'm pretty good. I'm looking forward to the uh, the third baseman podcast today because not not because the third basemen are good, <laughs> but because we've gone over so many of these guys in other positional <laughs> podcasts that I'm like, you know what? The position's not good, but there's a lot less of them. <laughs> so. Yeah, we might keep this one actually, you know, under two hours, which would be a good mark for us compared yeah. to some of the other podcasts we've done. Um, you know, you Listen, look like you're you about know, to go strolling I, the Italian I, countryside there, Gray, in your, your Ferrari pullover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. what's up, Paisan? Hey, hey, if, you, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see uh, you can see what uh, B-Don's talking about. I'm wearing my Ferrari pullover. Uh, I don't have an actual Ferrari. I have a Ferrari shirt. It <laughs> <laughs> seems much more reasonably priced. I mean... Still you know, probably too expensive, but much yeah, more reasonably priced. Yeah, but you know what? When you go out, though, in, like, Beverly Hills and people see you in a Ferrari sweatshirt, they're like, oh, man, check out this guy. <laughs> Better I make sure we take care of him. Yeah, this guy's a VIP right here, right right this way, sir. Oh, do you speak uh, English? <laughs> yes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My English is not so good. <laughs> Then again, you know, a pickup truck these days costs about as much as a Ferrari. So really, like, what's the difference? Uh, yeah. Well, when you throw it, yeah, when you consider gas, for sure. All uh, right. So uh, let's move on to third base here, Gray. Let's go ahead and get into it so we don't push out our, our timetable that we said would be under two hours. Um, this, and, and I think this goes to j- this year, but also this position, it feels like there's a lot of value placed on certainty like this year, this position specifically, I mean, maybe I'm just making it up, but it does feel like there's there's value placed on like the supposed certainty that we have on players just because the last, like, we haven't had real seasons. Like The last three seasons are all kind of different. We have the shortened season, a, a home run ball season, and then a dead ball season. So, like, we're all kind of figuring it out. Does Am I making this up? Does, that, does it seem like that to you that... The surefire guys are quote unquote surefire guys are going a little earlier, even if their numbers really aren't there. Uh, yeah, I mean, it sounds like you just made that up. Okay, that's fine. That's <laughs> no. possible. No, 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 no. I'm joking. No, I mean, I hear what you're saying. Like, there is like there's a group at the top, uh, guys we've gone over already in like the uh, the top ten, uh, like Jose Ramirez, and then. Like the top 20 guys, like the Machados and the Devers and the Rileys of the world. Like we've gone over those guys in other podcasts. And yeah, I mean, there are there is the certainty of those guys. Like I hear what you're saying. 
But the only, like, I'll push back a little bit and say, like, those guys, no matter what position they would be at, they would have certainty because they've done it, like, year over year so many times that, like, Jose Ramirez with second uh, second, second base eligibility or Manny Machado or Riley or any of those guys with other eligibility, they would be going at the same spot. It's like they're, you're, you're drafting them because of the stats more than because of third base. Like, I don't think anyone's drafting like Machado because it's like, well, I mean, they're happy to fill their third base slot, but they're not drafting him because of third base. They're drafting him because he's Manny Machado and he's done it for so many uh, years in a row. So, like, that's what I would say, because uh, it just happens to be that the position has those guys at the top of it. Like, there's no, like, there. I, I think it's, it's just a coincidence that they happen to be third basemen, but, and they also happen to feel very safe. So unlike second base, which is, which is accurate, if that's like what you're getting at, like second base has no real certainty at the top, where third base at least has certainty at the top. Even if it's not a great position um, as far as depth-wise, it's still good in the beginning, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, that, that's I mean, more or less what you mean? Um, so I was actually thinking more in the overall than like position by position, like within the overall, it feels like, and maybe this is just, again, I think it happens every year to some extent, but like the guys who have a track record and, and a track record going back maybe more than the last three years, or if it's within the last three years, it's the guys who have shown like elite skills, like a Vlad um, type of guy who like popped up and, and we all know his skills and what he can do. Like, he's going up there, but, like, most of the other people going up in, you know, the, or I guess it's not even the top 10 or top 20. It's really just, like, as you go down the list, it feels like there are guys who are getting bumped up because we feel like we can we can kind of know what to pencil in as their stat line. And, again, maybe that's just me making things up. Maybe that's me being a little bit more on the, you know, uh, risk-taking yeah, side I, when, I, when I draft a team. Yeah, possibly. I, I, I hear I, I understand uh, further what you mean. Yeah, no, I mean, maybe. I just feel like the third baseman and in general, like the the positions are like the stats are are the one like I'm ranking stats more than I'm ranking. Like, I don't really I don't believe in pl- uh, position scarcity. So I'm ranking stats as it is versus anything, whereas like, you know, the guys who are going up top and or anywhere in there, they're you know they are who they are essentially. Like, and there's some there's some risk involved. Like, we'll get to guys in the third baseman where there's risk. I mean, there's like Jose Miranda, who actually we went over in the first baseman, for instance. Like, I mean, he's I, I wrote a sleeper post on him, so I do like him, but he's got risk involved. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, I hear what you're saying though. I guess. All right, right, before we just go down this rabbit hole, let's get into third base. You already mentioned some names off the top. One through five, we've already talked about. That is Jose Ramirez, Manny Machado, Bobby Witt Jr., Austin Riley, and Rafael Devers. I think maybe the only ADP kind of question in there is Manny Machado over Bobby Witt Jr., and you just take Bobby Witt Jr. so we can move on from that one. Um, (laughs) The next tier, which is a solo tier because of just the way the one through five works out, I think, is Nolan Arenado. Uh, last year he had 30 home runs, 5 stolen bases, 73, 103, and hit 293. This year you have projected for 30 home runs, 3 stolen bases, 77, 101, and a 268 average. Most of his numbers were pretty much in line with 
career norms. Um, but it looks like both you and Rudy have the average dropping from last year. Everything else pretty much in line with what he what he accomplished um, last season, though. Yeah, I mean, well, see, with uh, Arenado, uh, I was like, I was kind of concerned going into last year. Actually, I wrote a schmohawk post for uh, Arenado. I, I I said he was overrated going into last year. I was I was proven uh, way incorrect. <laughs> I was, I was, I was uh, we both were. I was pretty off on that one. Let's just say the uh, the inaccuracy meter went. It was it was going off. Uh, my uh, when they were they they were checking me at TSA for inaccuracy. It was beeping. So anyway, though, with Arenado, I think there's a good chance. Like at some point, he does fall off. I mean, there's it's gotta happen. Like because if you look at his numbers, and this is why I was worried last year. Now I am a little bit concerned this year. I'm not like I'm not out on him. Uh, because you know he, he 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 proved me wrong last year and it made me look like an idiot. So I'm not going back that well. Like I'm baby M. Like it ain't happening. I'm I'm baby Jessica. Go uh, staying away from that well again. But I I will say the problem with Arenado is his fly balls. Like he's ha- he has so many fly balls, and like if his contact is just you know dips just a little bit, like he does. He sticks like his homer per fly ball last year was twelve point five percent, and that's not great. <laughs> I guess, but because he hits so many fly balls, like he hits fifty oh, percent fly balls. So that's fine as long as the ball is going out. Like last year, he got up to like um, thirty homers and he hit two ninety three with a high Babbitt. I mean, he hit a two ninety Babbitt. Which for some guys wouldn't be high, but for him that's high, especially with a fifty percent fly ball rate. Like his fifty percent fly ball rate, and if he has a two fifty Babbitt, I mean he could hit two forty five with you know thirty homers, and that's assuming the ball keeps going out for him. Like at some point the ball's not going to go out anymore, and he's going to. Plummet, like he—he he is actually. I mean, he's—he's he's really prone for a huge fall off. I'm not like last year was the year I—I I thought it was going to happen. It didn't happen, so I'm not. Like I said, I'm not going to say it. I'm not saying it again. But I will say, I do worry. There's a little bit here that could potentially like bottom out. Like his numbers look like a lot of like uh, aging superstars where it's like a ton of fly balls, really low Ks. Like he doesn't strike out a lot, but at some point the bat speed is going to slow up and he's going to hit 245 with like 24 homers. And you're going to be like, oh God, what did I do? <laughs> what, did I, what did I do? <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I'm I'm just a little concerned. That's all. Um. I'm less concerned. I, I was I was more concerned last year, but I probably should be more concerned this year. If we're being honest, <laughs> but you know, maybe I was a year ahead. We'll see, though. Um, yeah. What's your thoughts, be done? Yeah, I mean, another having him, you know, prove it to you in a season should make us feel more confident. But I'm I'm with you. Like the launch angle and the fly rate, fly ball rate has been climbing his last three years. Even when he was in Colorado. 
he was not like he did not have a three fifty BABIP in Colorado like so many people do. Like he was a career two ninety nine BABIP guy in Colorado of all places. Like he's not really a two ninety BABIP guy in St. Louis, given that information. Like he's not hitting the ball as, as hard as he used to in Colorado. Like the the fly ball and the launch angle up. Like I don't expect the two ninety three average. To repeat, I kind of, as, as you've kind of done, I expect the home runs to come down. Not like, I don't expect him to collapse into like a 20 home run guy, but I don't really expect him to necessarily exceed 30, um, and I project under it like you did here. So, I mean, I'm pretty much in line with what you have here. I think he stays in the middle of the lineup, which gives him plenty of county numbers. He's a 25 to 30 home run guy and a... 260 to 270 hitter with neutral Babbitt luck, and that's assuming, like you're saying, he doesn't kind of hit that wall where the ball just, you know, he's hitting 350-yard fly ball outs. Right, yeah, and if you look at, like, Zip's uh, Zip's uh, three-year projections, because uh, they so they do projections for three years, so if you look at their projections for the next three years, you see, like, He's definitely not on the up. I mean, it's like it goes from like this year they're projecting 25 homers, 273. Then next year they're saying 21 homers, 260. Then the year after they're saying 18 homers and 250. Like he's definitely on the verge of decline. Um, So but hopefully not this year. Like I thought it was like I said, I thought it was going to be last year and he ended up being more than capable of keeping up like you know he was uh an mvp candidate like he was really good uh last year so hopefully he can keep it together another year yeah and and in drafts i will say like he, he i will he tends to go a little early for me just because i'm again i'm more of a power speed guy at that point in the draft i don't want to take my shot on a guy like arenado um who's really counting numbers and you know you're hoping for 30 home runs again and he's and again, I don't expect him to hit that high average. So I think if you're taking him inside the top thirty, he needs that average. Right. Yeah. No. Completely. Because like that's. I mean, that's a in general like Arenado's always needed that because he's never going to give you speed. So it's like if he's not if he's not giving you thirty homers and at least two seventy five. You're kind of like, uh, yeah. Hopefully, he gets 120 RBIs because it's not great. <laughs> and also, um, we were saying, you know, you said before, like he was uh, in a tier of his own, and it really is like it's kind of interesting. And like the first, like we talked about the first baseman back in the first base podcast, um, obviously, <laughs> <laughs> but like there was a huge tier in first base, like. It was like there's a huge separation between the first two tiers. And in third base, it's like there's Arenado and then there's like no one for a while. (laughs) Like, (laughs) you know, it's it's a good 40 picks between Arenado and Bregman, who's going to be next. Um, And that 40 picks doesn't sound like a huge amount, except it is when it's like in the top 50 overall. Uh, You know, that becomes a really big gap like the uh you know 40 picks between you know 120 and 160 isn't a lot but between uh 40 and 80 that's a it's a pretty large gap so anyway yeah let's go ahead and move on to the next guy that is alex Alex bregman 
This starts the new tier for us. Yeah, 2021, one stone base, 93, 93, and 259 last year. You have them projected for 24 runs, two stone bases, 97, 90, and 266 here. We talked about Bregman some last show, and that was that was more like talking about his name value, where he's going in drafts, because, again, this is kind of what I was getting at in the and the lead was, you know, he's kind of being overvalued because of the production he's provided and the kind of consistency you, you expect from him. But also when you start looking at third base and just in the positional rankings, it's really hard to fault you for putting him, you know, inside the top at seventh here because this position gets kind of droopy real fast. Yeah, no, completely. I think also with, like, uh, Bregman, I was just going to uh... – like, quickly, I was going to look at, oh, yeah, okay. So, uh, on the player Raider last year, he was at 59 overall, uh, right after Edwin Diaz, for those people who are uh, crazy about drafting closers early. <laughs> and uh, he was actually, he was a little bit more valuable than Christian Javier, uh, Shane Bieber, and Nestor Cortez for people who like to uh, draft pitching early too. <laughs> uh, um, but I think the, uh, with Bregman, I think the really, what you're drafting is like the stability of knowing you're going to get a guy who's going to give you, like I said, 59 overall last year was how much value he gave. I would say he's probably a good bet to give that value again. Like last year's numbers, didn't, wouldn't blow you away if you just saw them. He had 23 homers and one steal and hit 259. Sounds pretty blah, but he came with 93 runs and 93 RBIs. Now, obviously, you shouldn't draft necessarily for runs and RBIs because they can be fickle and, you know, it's about lineups and, you know, about where a guy is sitting in the order. But, I mean, Bregman, of all the guys, I mean, Bregman's pretty locked in to a lineup that is really good. Like, it's not like Bregman's going to suddenly start hitting eighth and in a, a bad lineup. Like, he's going to hit in the top of a really good lineup, um, you know, the top three spots of a very good lineup, and he's going to hit, you know, he's going to hit well en- enough. Like, it's not going to be, like, amazing. Like, I don't think, like, Bregman is not a guy who I'd be like, yeah, he's probably a good chance to be, like, a top 20 overall guy next year like I don't think that I don't think there's any way like he gets anywhere close to like a a top like 20 guy overall on the player Raider this year I don't think he's going to be drafted as a top 20 guy overall next year like I don't see like he had that huge year when they had the bouncy balls in 2019 when he hit like uh, when he had the MVP year and it was like 41 homers five steals 296 average like I don't see I don't think we're ever seeing that again but I also don't think we necessarily need to see it for where he's going in in drafts like I'm not saying he's necessarily gonna like give you a ton of value um, like above what you think you're gonna get but you should get what you think you're gonna get if that makes sense Yeah, and I understand what you're saying. Like he's he's going to give you what he's going to give you. He's not a league winner. He's not going to outperform his numbers by you know. He's not going to be that 41 home run guy he was. He's not going to steal 17 bases like he did his her second season. Like that's not going to happen. But if you're looking for consistent production at third base position and that's all you're looking for, you're taking your shots 
elsewhere in your in your lineup, or you're just trying to build like a consistent, productive lineup, then Bregman's going to give you that. So like I, I again, I completely understand why he fits here. He is safe for the counting numbers. Is as safe as anybody that you know is going to be drafted where he is. Certainly, I will say I think there's an outside shot that we get kind of a bounce back in the balls, and they they move from the dead balls to somewhere in the middle. And maybe he can add a few more home runs and make himself more valuable. But if that happens, then everybody's home runs come up, and it's kind of a moot point. Right. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I don't know. that. At this point, I just feel like I'm just going off of whatever the balls were last year. That's what I'm assuming is going to be this year. I I mean, they can totally bounce back. I have no idea. But at this point, you're just guessing that they're going to bounce back. Yeah, yeah. All right, moving on. The rest of this tier is number eight, Gunnar Henderson. We talked about him last show on the shortstops. And number nine, Tommy Edmond, who we talked about during the second baseman. In your next tier, it starts off with two guys who are, I mean, essentially the same production here. And Eugenio Suarez and Matt Chapman. Um, The difference between them was four home runs and seven points in average last season. And the difference between what your projections are is two home runs, and three whole, three stolen bases. That's essentially the difference between these two. So let's just group them together and talk about Suarez and Chapman here. Yeah, well, they also are going within two spots of ADP. Once uh, Eugenio is going at one fifty three, and Chapman's going at one fifty five. So they are essentially the same. Uh, it's just uh, a little bit, a little bit of taking a little bit of. Uh, you know, the power from one guy and the average on another. And a little bit of Suzanne is what I need. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I just started doing Mambo number five. Uh, a little bit of Monique is what I... I don't I don't even know the names. Um, yeah, I think, you know, with Eugenio also, you know, in a, in a big picture sort of way, like Bregman, you know, you mentioned guys who uh, have third base eligibility who uh, we've gone over in other podcasts. So it's not like it's Bregman to Eugenio, but Bregman to Eugenio is like 80 picks. <laughs> like there's a huge, <laughs> there's a huge difference between like all the guys who have, um, and that's on my rankings, like on ADP, a guy like Max Muncy is in there uh, and uh, Jose Miranda, um, who I don't have. Uh, between those guys, uh, obviously, you just read off the rankings. But I mean, uh, Eugenio, I I think Eugenio is a little bit underrated. Now, I don't necessarily think his average is going to bounce back, and that's probably why he is, you know, getting drafted around where he is. Uh, he's not he's not going to be a great average bet. I think he's probably like uh, he wasn't necessarily. Uh, let's see, on the player radar last year, he went at he was. 89th overall so he was a top 100 value guy last year and if you look at his numbers like he had a 31 percent strikeout rate and a 302 babbitt uh with a 236 uh average so the you know my takeaway from that which is uh which should be probably most people's takeaway is that average is a little bit high it it has the potential of coming down even further, which you know isn't great necessarily. I like you said, I have him down for two twenty seven average this year. You know, there's projections. I'm I'm on the high side from looking at other people's projections. Like Steamer has him at two ten, and most people have him between like two ten and two twenty. 
So there's a chance his average could totally bottom out. And, you know, if he's not hitting a lot of homers, you're really, you know, it's like you're not getting anything, basically. If, if he's not hitting home runs, you're getting nothing because he has no speed whatsoever. And his average is pretty low. So I could see why he's going where he is. Like, there is a chance that you're getting just a total anchor. But I don't know. I mean, I feel like he he's only 30. Well, he's going to be 31. He is 31, actually. So he's 31 years old. So you're probably not going to get, you know, any big, like, year like he did in you know when the bouncy ball was in 2019 he hit 49 homers like you're not going to and he was also in Cincy which is a huge you couldn't get a bigger difference between Cincy and Seattle so I think there's probably not a huge upside here like you're not going to get like you know Eugenio Suarez come in with like 37 plus homers and a 240 plus average like you I don't see that happening but I also don't think Eugenio Suarez is necessarily like he's kind of like a real poor man's Alex Bregman in that, like, you're probably getting the value you're, you're going to get. Like you're you're getting the 30 homers and, you know, the 225 ish average, which is not I mean, it's not amazing, but it's also like I said, he was 89th on the player Raider last year. It's not nothing you know it's something it's a it's a top 100 to 120 overall guy which in deeper leagues that is really valuable and in shallower leagues you know I I think it's playable I I don't you know I think it's not necessarily that you know I mean he's going 11th in the position 11th overall at ADP in the position he's not I don't know I mean he's not terrible I I I want to. I'm not. I feel like I'm being like you know more positive than maybe he deserves by saying not terrible, and that's still not the greatest of compliments. So you know, I mean, he is what he is more or less. I I don't think he's like. I just don't see a huge upside from him. Unlike Chapman, who well, I'll let you talk about Eugenio, and then I'll talk about Chapman. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you mentioned everything there is to say about Suarez. I mean, he's hitting at a 20-degree launch angle now, which, if he just keeps going up, is is going to just be fly balls. That's all he's going to hit. That's going to bottom out the average. You know, he does hit the ball very hard when he hits it. So, you know, even in Seattle, he put up 31 home runs with the dead ball. So the power, I, I don't necessarily think that's going anywhere. The, the average, I, I 100% believe the average is bottoming out this year. Um, I, I would take the bet on, like, under 210. Maybe even yeah, under, under 200. 200. Wow, what a hater. Yep, that's <laughs> Matt Chapman, so Matt Chapman, I, I haven't, we haven't seen it since the bouncy ball of 2019 uh, when he hit 36 homers. But I think Matt Chapman actually has upside. Like, I... I grouped him with Eugenio, who has no upside, but because at the end of the day, Matt Chapman's like most realistic projection has him basically being similar to Eugenio. Like that's like realistically, he's probably the same as Eugenio, but I do think there's some upside with Chapman. Like I, I look if you've seen him hit, especially 
with like you know i i think with the uh, blue jays uh moving in the fences a little bit and uh I wouldn't be shocked to see Chapman have a little bit of a breakout year. Like I don't I don't necessarily, you know, I wouldn't bet on like a MVP type year. Like I still think his average is going to be somewhat like bland. Like he's a 240 average guy for his career. Uh most projections have him like in the 230 range, uh even some as low as like 225. I wouldn't be shocked to see Matt Chapman have like a decent year, but there's nothing really that I can point to at least. Like he still has like he has an insane launch angle. Uh he has like huge fly balls. Um uh, third base position in general hits a lot of fly balls. Um but Chapman, you know, Chapman, I think his numbers don't necessarily back up like a breakout is coming. But as a, a total gut call, I could see Chapman having a big year. <laughs> so without any evidence <laughs> to prove my point, like he just feels like a guy who could like hit a bunch of homers. Um, I don't know. Do you have any? You have any thoughts on that? No, I mean I I tend to agree. Actually, I think that this could be where a little bit of value comes from. I think he could be, you know, a thirty home run hitter pretty easily. Um, I don't expect the average to come up necessarily, but I don't really, I don't really expect it to bottom out yet either. Um, I mean, either one of Suarez or Chapman could bottom out. They both have such ridiculous launch angles. They both put too many balls in the air. They both hit a lot of field fly balls. Um, So either one of them could drop out, but we're looking at like a 277 Babbitt from Chapman last year. And he actually hit the ball harder last year than he had in previous seasons. So I, I really think that, like, if there's one of them who kind of sticks in their average, sticks in that 230 range, and he hits 30 home runs, I, I think it's Chapman over Suarez. Yes. But I expect the 30 home runs from Suarez. Easier. Yeah. Yeah. That's. I mean, that's a fair way of putting it. Yeah, no, I... I tend to agree. Like, I feel like Suarez is more of a floor bet, but his floor is much more solid than, I think, Chapman's. But Chapman, I think, has some upside. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. Yeah, I I will say I think Chapman's defense is maybe a a bonus point for me here because Suarez is so absolutely awful on defense (laughs) that he could miss out on some games because of it, whereas Chapman's going nowhere. I just had flashbacks to uh, when uh, when a dumb bell in Cincinnati <laughs> played him at short or as a shortstop. <laughs> oh my god! I was I was like, you can <laughs> a guy that has raised one step either way just should not ever play shortstop. Oh my god! It was so funny. I mean, really. Probably the the dumbest guy on the planet is managing the Reds. Oh, man. (laughs) Yeah, not great. All right, so number 12, 13, and 14, we've already talked about that, is Ty France, Jose Miranda, and Alec Baum. Uh, Number 15 is Josh Jung. Last year in 26 games at the major league level, he hit five home runs, two stolen bases, and a 204 average. In AAA in 23 games, he hit six home runs, one stolen base, and a 273 average. You have projected for 24 home runs, four stone bases, 64, 75, and a 242. He had a chance to make the team last year, had the stretch factor in his foot, 
But now everything is supposed to be good to go. Are you ready, Jojo? Um. You know, I was just looking at the uh, the Rangers lineup. How did the the Rangers spent like uh, seven hundred million dollars on like their middle infield and have Robbie Gross as a left fielder? <laughs> what? <laughs> and, 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 and like the, and like Brad Miller as their DH, and it's like they're they're so top heavy. They have like three guys that they spend seven hundred million on, and Jacob Degrom. <laughs> And Simeon and Seeger, and then it's like, uh, Jonah Heim is batting cleanup. Good luck, fellas. <laughs> like, wait, like I don't know what they're thinking with that. Um, okay, anyway, uh, yeah, you know, Josh Chung, I haven't, I haven't really, uh, I haven't, dra- well, I've only drafted like four or five teams so far. <laughs> That sounds like that sounds like a lot, actually. When you think about, it. we're still in February, but yeah, I, I've drafted like four or five teams. I I don't think I've drafted Josh Jung. You know, I mean, I I sort of feel like the the skills are there, but like his numbers do not jump off the page when you you look at his like uh, like he did have a good like twenty twenty one was a good year for him. Uh, he had like 19 homers across like two um, two destinations in the minor leagues, double A and triple A, uh, through um, 80 88 games. Uh, for, excuse me, 78 games. Um, but yeah, I think I don't know. Like I I I am positive. Like in my rankings, I'm <laughs> I'm totally positive about drafting Josh Jung. Like I feel like I would I would do it. But then I look at his numbers and, like, I I tend to just, like, hold my nose and draft, like, a Justin Turner <laughs> instead. Like, you know, who we haven't even talked about yet. We'll get, we'll get to him. But, I mean, like, Josh Chung, like, there's nothing. Like, everyone's saying he's going to be great. Like, he has, like, uh, supposedly a great hit tool and he has incredible power. And maybe it does show up this year. In Texas, but I don't know, man. I I haven't I haven't really bit the bullet on Josh Jung, and if I'm being honest, I've looked at him when when he's been like at the top of the queue, and I've been like, yeah, maybe I'll take an outfielder. <laughs> I don't, you know, <laughs> I mean, and it's nothing like I don't know. I just I've not really been able to get behind like draft him. He's got like, you know, he's got like no speed whatsoever. So he's got to really hit. Like twenty seven, you know, twenty five to twenty eight homers and two fifty plus to really, um, to really actually move the needle at all. At like, you know, in shallower leagues, in deeper leagues, you know, he has the third base job according to the Rangers, and I don't see why they wouldn't play him because he, like you said, he was supposed to play last year, but then he got injured, so he should have the job. From Jump Street, ah, uh, but I don't know, man. I I just haven't been able to get really that pumped up about drafting him. Uh, what do you, you have any thoughts? Uh, I do like him, and he's going after pick two hundred. So I mean, I've I, I I like where his price is at. Um, you know, I I can understand where you're coming from. The numbers last year certainly didn't stand off the page. But if you think again, back to 2021 when he was he was healthy. He had 19 home runs across two different levels. He hit, you know, somewhere between 308 and 348. That those are the two averages he hit in the two different levels. And that was in, 
like 78 games. So he had 19 home runs. He had like 320 in 78 games in the minors. He got hurt at the beginning of last year, so I'm basically wiping out last year like it didn't happen. I, I think he was recovering, and then the Rangers were like, ah, screw it, just bring him up. We were going to bring him up anyways. Let's just have him face Major League Pitching, even though he's not really ready to, to come up yet, or, you know, because of the injury, not because of where he is from a talent perspective. So I'm willing to take the gamble because I think last year he was probably going in the same area, maybe even a little earlier pre-injury, then the injury happens, everybody's like, oh, well, now I'm out because he's injured and we're not going to see him. Uh, I think you're getting him at a slight discount this year and even more assured playing time than we had going into last year because last year was like, he could make the team. He might be our third baseman, whereas this year, it seems like they're pretty committed that he's going to be stepping in. He's going to play most days. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, no, I agree. I think he's the third baseman. Like, I, I'm not... Not really worried about that, and I do agree that his price is cheap enough. Where, yeah, I mean, if he's going at like two twenty overall, where his ADP is sitting, then yeah, I mean, it's not a bad game. I mean, it, it, there's worse guys to grab. I don't, I just don't know like what it is, but he's just not super exciting to me. Like I, I, and the projections, like you look at the projections, and it's like there's they're projecting like. 22 homers and like 240 average with you know zero like zero to five steals like eh, I don't know it's okay I mean, yeah. it's fine I mean, it's it is totally fine at his draft price too it's just so kind of like yeah yeah may I mean maybe this is the year finally maybe it's just like I've gotten. I, you know, he's gone stale for me because I, it's been so many years now where it's been like, Josh Jung, it's it's his year. And this is the year. He comes up and he's going to hit. And it's 2021. And here we go. And then he's like, no, nah, he didn't come up. And it's like, okay, 2022. This is the year. He's coming up. He's going to be great. And it's like, oh, no, he didn't really do it. <laughs> so maybe I just have um, Josh Jung fatigue. Um Fatigue, fatigue. Uh, it's it's Italian. <laughs> yeah, uh, fair enough. I think the projections are weighing last season pretty heavily. And again, I, I, the numbers were bad last season. I, I have no nothing to say about that. That's one hundred percent true. Um, but again, I'm pretty much pushing those aside because he just he was dealing with a, a stress 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 fracture in his foot. He had screws put in his foot last season. Like that that takes some adjustment. Um, so I'm willing to take him again, but it just sounds like maybe you're you're in on him, but less excited than I am. Yeah. Moving on to number 16 is Cabrian Hayes. Uh, you know, I think at one point we kind of thought he was going to be a little bit more exciting. Not so much. Uh, last year he had seven home runs, 20 stolen bases, 55, 41, and he had 244. You have projected for nine home runs, 22 stolen bases, 73, 81, and 252. Uh, I mean, it's one of the few stores, sources of stolen bases at this point at the third base position, but that's really, like, that's what you're saying about Brian Hayes is that, oh, I need stolen bases and I need a third baseman. So he's sitting around. Yeah, no, completely. I think if you're, like, if you've drafted, like, you know, the Eloy Jimenez's and the Teoscar Hernandez's of the world at outfield and Jordan Alvarez and you're like, mm, I got a lot of power, but I got no speed, <laughs> then you're probably <laughs> looking at Cabrian Hayes and you're, you know, you're drafting him. 
Otherwise, I think you're probably just like, you know, almost completely ignoring him in, in most leagues if you don't need steals. Like his numbers are, you know, he could he would he could actually stand to uh, take a couple like batting practice sessions with uh, like Bregman and Arenado and some of the earlier third basemen <laughs> just because of like the fly ball. I mean, his fly ball rate, it, you know, it, it makes uh Yelich blush like, whoa, bro. <laughs> like Cabrian Hayes is just, he's hitting some worm killers, bro. The uh, uh, PETA is going to get, is going to do a campaign against him killing <laughs> ants. Like, dude, hit the ball in the air once in a while. Like Cabrian Hayes is launch angles. Just his launch angle last year was double from 2021, and it's still awful. <laughs> it's still five degrees. It's, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, in 2021 it was 2.6, and last year is 5.2. Like, oh, dude, come on, man! Like, what are you doing, bro? And his ground balls are like 50 percent, and his fly balls are 28 percent. Yeah, it's ugly. His, like, I don't know. Like, I do think with, like, a swing adjustment, like, it wouldn't shock me to see him, like, you know, he's still sort, he's still basically young enough where if he had a swing adjustment and started hitting more homers, like, if he got, like, if he snuck into the 15 to 17 homer range and still stole 20 bags, like, I could see him moving up in drafts uh, next year. Like, he could be a guy where it's like, you know, oh, uh, you know, he's a 2020 threat now. Like, he's Sterling Marte. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. I could see it. Uh, you know, I, I I wouldn't, like, completely shock me, but I don't, I you know, and I don't think it's going to happen, but I could see it potentially, like, just with a little bit of a swing change. But as we see with Yelich, swing changes are not easy to come by. Like, you know... Like Yelich, all Yelich needed to do was a swing change for like the last three years, and he he can't do it. So <laughs> I, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't count on it, but I mean, I guess that potential could potentially it, it could, it's there somewhere in the mix. Like he could be Sterling Marte at third base, um, but that that chance is like it's like a five percent chance on the on that outcome. Like the like the more than likely outcome is going to be under ten homers. With like seventeen to twenty-two bags and a two-fifty average. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, I think you're you're pretty much spot on here in in regards to just the 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 way that he needs to approach it. If we're going to get kind of any jump in value, is he needs to find the launch angle because he does hit the ball, you know, fairly hard. He's top fifty in average exit velocity and hard hit rate, so he's hitting the ball hard. He's just hitting it straight into the ground um i will say like you mentioned you know he can he could maybe become like a stanley Marte type like Marte is one of the fastest players in the league brian hayes is not like he's stealing bases right he's stealing bases because the pirates suck and they're like whatever go go steal bases we need as much value for you as we can possibly find before we trade you before you hit arbitration so (laughs) you'll do whatever you can so we can get value out of you um he was 210th last year in sprint speed among qualified players like he's not that fast yeah yeah no that's fair and and that's and that's a worry too because it's like if he were to not steal as many bags like that's the only reason why you're even drafting him he's eight (laughs) 
ten with a two forty five yeah, average like, and the yeah. Brandon RBIs that come with hitting low in the Pittsburgh Pirates lineup, like right, yeah, uh, yeah. That's I mean, yeah. He's another guy who's like so that that's sort of the problem with third base. Like when people are like, well, third base is really shallow, and it's like it's these guys why it's shallow. Like the top guys who we mentioned uh, earlier. Like the whole, like the Machados and the uh, Jose Ramirez's and the, uh, you know, those guys of the world, like the top 100 third basemen, they don't have a ton of question marks and they feel real solid and their floors are good. Like, you know, like even we mentioned with Bregman and Arenado and stuff, like they don't feel like as dangerous as like the top second baseman. But there's no upside at third base. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like upside has left the building for third base. It's like when you that, like this is why it's shallow because it's like, you know, you look at Cabrian Hayes and you're like, this guy could hit seven homers and steal seven bags and hit two forty five. <laughs> this is not good. This is not great. Yeah. Uh, I mean, honestly, like upside like th- this is and this is like the upside area of the the position so it's like oh uh, yeah this is not good yeah i mean we honestly can look at this position and to the, this point we're we're 16 third baseman in gray if we start talking about how many could actually outperform like their their draft position by any kind of reasonable like meaningful measure there's like three of them like Gunnar henderson could do it but he's already yeah. being drafted pretty high um, like Jung could do it if he just kind of reverts back to 2021 and hits a lot of home runs and shows his power and a little bit of average. And then like, I don't know, maybe like Jose Miranda or Alec Baum could maybe <laughs> blow up. I mean, Bobby Wood Jr. obviously could like, if he just does what he did last year and does it for a full season, maybe there's, there's, you know, he could move up a little bit, like at least in your rankings, but like, there's there's not much profit to be made at this position. Like, you're finding a guy at your ADP that you're comfortable taking and getting the stats that you expect from him. Yeah, no, completely. Like, if you look at, like I mentioned earlier, the player rater from last year with Eugenio Suarez, he was the ninth third baseman in value, and he was at 89 um, with uh, Chapman behind him at, like, uh, $2 less, though. So he wasn't that close to him. So... I mean, uh, and above them, like guys, all guys you know, except for Brandon Drury, uh, who is who is the seventh <laughs> best, and that was, and that felt like the flukiest ass, like Cincinnati <laughs> Red, like you know, oh, like the Reds. like the the Scotch flavors of the world at the you know the Reds, like just out of nowhere, it's like, hey, Scooter Jeanette's a top twenty guy. Whoa, here we go. <laughs> like what? Like guys just come out of nowhere on the Reds to hit really well for like three months <laughs> and it's no correlation to reality it's just, they have like a magic pill that they take and they're good for like three months uh random guys on the reds so i mean so yeah but otherwise it's all guys you know in the top uh 10 on the third baseman and it's not guys like, it's like Austin Riley, Manny Machado, Jose Ramirez, like guys who are going very high. And and then you have, like, a huge drop-off, and the guys who, you know, in the rankings, so then going to this year, you look at the guys and you're like, well, yeah, I mean, Cabrian Hayes isn't good, 
and he's not getting drafted like he's good. And I'm, and when I draft him, I'm not expecting good. It's <laughs> 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 like it. It's basically, it's just like it, the position is so apathetic. It's like, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not getting you play every day. I'm, yeah. this is, that's fine. We're good. We're good. Yeah, you're, you're playing for 145 games. Okay. All right. I'll take you. Yeah, <laughs> let's, see, let's see what happens, champ. And I think yeah. part of like part of what that is is what we discussed, you know, as we've covered a lot of these guys already because third base has become kind of like this position yeah, where they just stick rain to people. Yeah, it's total catch all. At third base is just like it's at third base has become where like I feel like when we were younger where what shortstop was in like the the uh, the aughts and like the nineties when it would be like these random like just defense it was like it was defense first at shortstop for a long time and it would be like you know these random dudes like Alex Sanchez and it'd be like oh <laughs> Alex <Yeah>. Sanchez <laughs> that really pulled that name out <laughs> but i mean it's just like and the third base right now is like that where it's like well he's got a good glove i guess <laughs> he, can't, he can't hit worth a lick but you know we have like six people who had over 250 at the position but yeah we're good we're good um yeah i mean at least it made sense at shortstop like shortstop is there's so much range to cover like it made sense and they and back then they were like oh if you play shortstop you're gonna get injured so you moved you off off the position so you wouldn't get injured and your bat would stay in the lineup now, yeah. I don't really understand it. Like, third base, it's just yeah, kind of collapsing on itself. It's a hot corner. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's not, it's not, not hot, hot anymore. Not the hot bat corner, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move along. No, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's more like the, uh, I don't know. It, it's not it's not hot anymore. We're, it's, we're, it's we're the, not Maxim. We're like uh, it's, home, and, it's, home and garden. It's, Done. It's the not corner. What? <laughs> ah, okay. Let's move. All right. On. Next tier here. We've talked about almost everybody this tier, but uh, the first few are Ryan McMahon at seventeen, Josh Rojas at eighteen, Max Muncie at nineteen, Brandon Drury at twenty, and Luis Arez at twenty-one. Coming in at twenty-two is Justin Turner. Last year he had thirteen home runs, three stolen bases, sixty-one, eighty-one, two seventy-eight. You have him projected for 15 home runs, zero stone bases, 69, 79, and a 274 average. I mean, it, it's just a turn. He's very boring. He's a, you know he's definitely an injury risk at this point in his career, but he at least has an average over 250, which, as we just mentioned, is very rare for the position. Yeah, and also I think going with in Fenway because like uh, Fenway is such a great park for Babbitt. I wouldn't be shocked if he hits 300. Like, I, you know, it's like he's getting older, so his bat's slowing and his babbit is dropping. And he's probably more of a bet to hit 270. So don't take this the wrong way. But I don't know. I think he's got a little bit of upside on his average from his, like, 278 last year. Actually, the last two years he hit 278. One more year, and he gets to sleep with Chris Davis's wife. Huh? <laughs> up to her. It's up to her. Um, yeah, Justin Turner, I think he has no real power, and, and Fenway's not going to help. I think, <clears throat> I think with his, like, you know, line drive-ish um, launch angle, uh, even and actually he has a decent number of fly balls. Yeah, yeah he's got I more fly see, ball recently. Yeah, he's got more fly ball tendencies than I remember. So anyway, though, I think the fly balls – like could be hitting like he could 
he could hit a lot of doubles in that park. Uh, you know, I wouldn't. He only had 13 homers last year, and I wouldn't really expect him to bounce back to like the 27 homers he was at like earlier, but uh, earlier in his career um, for a couple years, like 2019 and 2021, he had 27 homers. But yeah, I could see potentially Justin Turner bouncing back a little bit and being like a, a 15 to 17 homer guy with like a 280 plus average. Like that wouldn't, that wouldn't really like, that wouldn't surprise me at all. Uh, he has great plate discipline. He doesn't strike out a lot. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, I find myself more or less punting third base and grabbing like a Justin Turner. Cause he's, you know, I mean, his value, it's not like he's great value, but he's going at two fifty overall ish. And, you know, it's not like the most exciting pick, but honestly, at the end of the day, like him or like Cabrian Hayes, like if you don't need steals, I mean, Justin Turner's not a bad, I don't know. And he's going like 80 picks after Cabrian Hayes. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't love, I don't love it, but. Like, because it's not really like I'm not usually a guy who would say up like not a I'm not a Justin Turner type drafter. Like I usually would say upside if you're getting that late in a in a position like you know going for the upside instead of that. But there's no real upside at third base, so, so it's like <laughs> I mean I don't know. Some people I guess are looking at like um, you know like an Anthony Rendon and thinking upside but like I look at Anthony Rendon and I think 60 day IL stint so I don't know but yeah anyway well, you got any thoughts on Justin Turner not really I, I think you know what you said is pretty much what uh, I would echo and that the average could come up he's, he should play most days he's, he's going to be in the middle of the lineup you, you can expect like 125 130 games that's pretty much what he's done pretty consistently over like the last six years uh, you know, obviously he had 150 games in 2021 and then the shortened season. But, like, you can expect around 125, 130 games. So for that period and if you're deep at the position, I don't I don't mind going Justin Turner. I think he's he's fine and he's probably going to give you runs in RBIs at that point in the draft where it's kind of hard to find because most of the guys who are sitting in the middle of the orders are gone well before then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, honestly... I, I mean, unless he gets like injured um, to the point where he misses like a majority of the season, and that you can't account for. But if he plays 135 games, I'd be shocked if he doesn't have the fantasy value of better than his ADP. Like it, like last year, he was the 14th best third baseman. And this year he's going at like he's going as the twenty second best third baseman, and I mean I'd be shocked if he's not at least if he's hitting in the middle of the Red Sox lineup with Fenway, like I said, with the wall there. I mean he's gonna be like he's gonna be a a, a fifteen a, a fifteen to twenty overall third baseman on the player radar, I would bet, and he's going at twenty second overall. So it's like there's not a ton of plus value there, but there's a little bit and he's more or less going to return value, which is, you know, that's something. And when you've drafted all upside earlier, sometimes you just want someone to just return value. Yeah. And especially as you get deeper in the drafts. And if, if you've gone with a more 
upside type of, of draft up in the, the, and the higher parts of the like, draft? Especially like, in a, a deeper league. Like in a deep a deep league, like an AL only or like a 15-team uh, draft champions, like uh, Justin Turner, at the end of the day, you're going to be like, wow, and I didn't think I was going to play Justin Turner, you know, every day, every week. But, you know, like a guy like him sitting in the middle of the lineup, it's just like they just accrue value. Yeah, yeah, they do. Um, not the way I went with my AL only team, which you wrote about your your, your team that you made. But yes, that, that that's very true. You know, spreading out kind of the risk is a nice way to do it. Um, I will say, you know, you can you can expect a little bit of missed time because he is like sixty three years old. But beyond <laughs> that, yeah, I mean, you should get fairly, fairly strong numbers from Justin Turner. Just nothing overly impressive, really. Number 23 is Eduardo Escobar. He had 20 homers last year, 58, 69, and hit 240. You have him down for 23 home runs, a stolen base, 61, 72, and 231. Uh, Struggled most of last season, finished strong in September. Uh, This is something I wanted to bring up, Gray, because we're finishing up the infield positions, and I've noticed we've kind of seen a number of boosts in September from players, like... um, Bo Bichette, your boy, being the, the top one in my mind, like just 400 hit, hitter in, in, why do you, in September. Uh, hey, hey, beat on. Why do you hate Bo Bichette? <laughs> <laughs> well, Anyways, <laughs> uh, so, I mean, some of that's call-ups, some of that's who's playing, pitching, healthy, blah, 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 and all that. But I, I do wonder if something happened in September. Maybe we got a different ball. Maybe <laughs> some of those, those Yankee balls they were using for Judge started to slip out. Because there was 1,047 home runs in September. 960 in June was the closest. And, like, there was one other month over 900. And the rest were in the 800s, Gray. Like, 200 more home runs in September than we had in most of the other months. And they, were, kind of they were all hit by Aaron Judge and Albert Pujols. <laughs> the best barrel rates, the best hard hit rates. Like, it's, uh, I don't know. Anyways, if we get back to that ball, I just think there's something interesting there. just wanted to bring that up. Anyways... Eduardo Escobar had a bit of a down season, but he also had his, like, across the whole season, not just September, he had his best barrel rate, he had his best hard hit rate, um, but I will say the launch angle, fly ball rate, which we've talked about it, every, a lot of these these third basemen has jumped the last two seasons, which is probably where his average has gone. Yeah, and it's like Escobar is just another, uh, like, a Justin Turner, and, and a lot of, to a varying degree, like, a lot of these third basemen, like Bregman earlier, what I mentioned with him, like I don't think like Escobar is going to be like I don't see any huge upside, but I also feel like his floor is pretty solid. And if you have to draft like if you if you like in a deep league, if you need a guy who is going to be in a lineup, a good lineup too with the Mets, uh, I think Escobar could surprise like not. Well, I wouldn't say surprise as much as, like, he's going to return value. And it's like, at a certain point, when you get this late in drafts, and he's Escobar is actually going at, like, 400 overall on ADP. So he's going way – I have him – I think I have him ranked, like, a good 150 picks earlier. <laughs> like, he's not – like, he's going at 400 overall. But if you look at his like, – like, on the player Raider last year, he was the 21st best third baseman uh i have him ranked around there to return value and he's but he's going around the 33rd 
best third baseman. So he's going way later. Yeah, I mean, I don't think, like I said, I don't think there's any huge upside here. But if he hits 22 homers and 240 in, the in like, the Mets lineup, he's going to get, like, you know, 55 to 62 runs and 65 to 72 RBIs. Like, it's going to be somewhere in there. And, you know, there's value to that. I'm not saying there's a ton of value. Like, that's why he's going late as he is, but he's going in like ADP is going too late in my opinion. Yeah. I, I agree that he's going, you know, just, just too late for, for what he could potentially provide. Um, certainly last season wasn't, wasn't great. And there, he's projected to go, he's projected to hit very low in the Mets lineup right now, but looking at the Mets lineup, like he, he's currently projected at the eighth hole. He could easily hit five. Like there's, Nemo, Marte, Lindor, Alonzo at the top. Nemo hasn't played a full season except for last year ever in his career. So maybe McNeil moves up, which moves, you know, which means Eduardo Escobar can move all the way up to potentially five, I think, because I don't think Dana Vogelbach, Mark Conha, or Omar Narvarez necessarily have to hit in front of him, and he's a switch hitter. So I do think there's room for runs and RBIs to go up. And if he hits 250, 20 home runs, and moves up to fifth in the lineup and gives you 70-70, like, the only difference really between him and Bregman is what, like, the RBI numbers? 20, yeah, 20, 25 RBIs and 25 yeah. runs. Yeah, no, totally. That's what I mean. I mean, I like, you look at Escobar and, like, so many guys who are going above him, like, the very, like, Ryan McMahon or Escobar, like, you're, you're kind of splitting hairs on – like their stats, like, and Escobar's going like 150 picks later. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, it's it doesn't really make sense. Other than just he struggled a lot last year. And Brandon Drury is also on this list. I mean, he's he's going double, like he's going half of the picks ahead of. He's going inside 180, or he's going around 180. We got Eduardo Escobar going in like the 380s. Yeah. We like need Brandon a, Drury we just need, came out of nowhere. Like what? Yeah, we need really a Brandon Drury. We need like a we need a Rasball uh, a glossary term for like a Brandon Drury and Joey Menez type, where it's like they come on and they get like they like Brandon Drury this year is getting drafted at like one eighty. After last year, he wasn't drafted at all. Like he was, he wasn't even drafted in the top seven hundred last year. But this year, he's going at one eighty. And I bet next year he's going at, like, 400 again. <laughs> like, Brandon Drury makes no sense. Like, I'm sorry. And he, he, now he's in Anaheim? Yeah, have fun. Have fun yeah. with that one, bro. It feels like people are panic-picking him because, like, when he gets picked, like, both second base, third base, and first base are starting to look ugly. So I feel like people are drafting him like, oh, well, I got one of the three figured out. Like, I'll yeah. just draft somebody else. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no, yeah, totally. Like, there's there's no rational reason to draft Brandon Drury. Like, you can't you can't tell me you're you're rationally saying like, oh yeah, Brandon Drury's good after uh, because he was good in Cincy for three months. Did I just not mention Scooter Jeanette? (laughs) Like, you're falling for the banana in the tailpipe again. You realize that. Okay, anyway. All right, next here, we've talked about all these guys, so I'm just going to read off the names. That is 24, Brendan Donovan, 25, Juan Yepes, 
26, Chris Morrell, and 27, Luis Urias. Next tier, 28 is Yandy Diaz, 29 is Rodolfo Castro, and we've talked about both of them. So let's get on to the next four guys here. And I will say this group, this next four, is the biggest differences among the players you've ranked and what Rudy has them ranked in his projections. And it goes both ways. So the first one up is Jordan Walker in A last year in 119 games. He hit 19 home runs, 22 stolen bases, 168 and 306. You have projected for 14 home runs, 6 stolen bases, 51, 56, and a 262 average. And this is one where you are considerably higher on him than Rudy. And I guess that's more about playing time than the actual production. Yeah, no, I mean, if you've seen anyone who doesn't know Jordan Walker, I I ask you to now go on to the, uh, the interwebs uh, presented to you by Al Gore and uh, uh, Google Jordan Walker video. I mean, this Asshole. guy, this guy's going to be, he's going to be a superstar, bro. I mean, <laughs> I've never, I haven't seen a guy like, I mean, at 20 years old he, in double A, uh, 2020 306. And that, and that was uh, like, that felt like just a tip of the iceberg. This guy's going to be amazing. <laughs> I mean, I, and also, by the way, at this point in the draft, like these guys aren't even being drafted in 15. So not some of them aren't getting drafted until like the last rounds of a 15 team league. Like these are these are very late flyers. Like Jordan Walker is not a 12 team uh, Rasball commenter league guy. I mean, he's he's going after that. And, and for good reason, like he may not be up until June. And he may not be up in June even. Like, he's super young. Like I just mentioned, like, he's only 20 years old. But seriously, just go watch video of him because he's beautiful. <laughs> he's, yeah. He is going to be he's gonna be a top 20 player um, probably in two years, I would say. Like, if he I – think, I think he's ready now, but I don't know. Maybe he doesn't get called up until September. I, I don't know. I, I don't know when his – I don't know when his ETA is. I think he's ready, but maybe maybe September. My uh, my contact at the Cardinals, who I was talking to, they think June. So I, I was I'm drafting based on June, uh, but yeah, it it may not be till September. You know, a lot of weird things happen with prospects. Maybe like if he goes to AAA uh, to start this year and he rips it up, he's they're gonna be like. I mean, unless they really, unless they're really getting what, what I don't think they're getting from Lars Nutbar, <laughs> I think Jordan Walker is going to be up real soon. So I don't know. We'll see. But he looks beautiful. <laughs> He's really good. <laughs> yes, I mean he does. And uh, for what it's worth, the itch in his write-up of the Cardinals prospect list said that you know if he could do redo his top prospect list, Jordan Walker would be one. That's over. The likes of Corbin Carroll, who we are all excited about and being drafted very highly. So the one thing I will say is if you're drafting early in an RCL type league or just a shallow league, I do think, you know, if you spend your last pick on Jordan Walker, I think there's worse things you can do. Because if he happens to break camp, you're going to spend so much fab on him to get him that if you can just grab him early as a very late pick in a draft and see if he makes the team, I think he's worth that, you know, that late round pick just to see just to yeah. see if it happens because there's not much else that's more exciting that you're going to find where he's going in drafts yeah no totally that's a that's a good point i i honestly if uh if 
at a twelve team uh, in a twelve team auction, like doing like if you get to the free rounds or or for a dollar pick, I mean you could do worse because you're going to be able to fill in off of waivers anyway once the season starts. If Jordan Walker isn't, it doesn't like surprise shock the world and break camp. Like if he shocks the world and breaks camp, like you said, his fab's going to be insane. Yeah, it's going to be absolutely crazy. And if you haven't drafted, this draft price is going to skyrocket. So, yeah. again, I think there's value there. I think I you can do it. Seen, I haven't been as excited about a, a prospect in a long time. Like, watching him, like, he looks like Jordan Alvarez with speed. <laughs> it's, like, yeah. insane. Yeah, yeah, Acuna was on that. Like, Acuna was just, like, uh, he was amazing. Um, but he kind of popped up out of, like, the Australia winter league like he kind of came out of out of nowhere so we didn't have the the time to kind of wait for jordan walker and his, or ronald Acuna like we do with walker but again the cardinals have like guys who who are who easily replaceable in my mind if jordan walker's ready like lars Dupar can go wanya pez can go dylan carlson i mean yeah. he's a he's a great prospect too but if jordan walker's outperforming him like why not tyler o'neill was awful last year why yeah. not brendan donovan like brendan donovan Whatever, he can go back to being a bench guy. Um, so I think there's opportunity for him to slide into a starting position and even potentially move up. Like, he could hit one very easily if he's just raking right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. All right, moving on. Number 31, a whole lot less exciting, but Brett Beatty comes in at 31. Last year, at 11 games in the majors, he had two home runs and 184. He had 89 games at A, which was his biggest stop. He had 19 home runs, two stolen bases, 73, 59, and 312. I mean, he he hit well. He's not quite as exciting as Jordan Walker, but you have projected for 60 home runs, one stolen base, 46, 53, and 261. And this is the biggest separation. But again, it's it. I, this is about playing time because Rudy only has him down for four, one, 13, and 13. So it's just it's a playing time separation in the ranks here. Yeah, and this is another like this is again sort of like what you're saying with Jordan Walker, where if you know if he somehow breaks if break if Beatty breaks camp. Um, you know he's going to be a huge fab uh, guy. Uh, I think Escobar has the uh, the job locked up, uh, so that's why. You know, I even I ranked Escobar above, obviously, and I was saying that he's uh, Escobar safe. So I I don't think he's going to break camp, uh, Beatty. But you never know, and like if he hits well in camp, it's going to be worth the last round flyer because like I actually like if Beatty had the um the job right now I would put him above Josh Jung like I I like his bat better than Josh Jung I might be I might be on my own with that sentiment but I think like Beatty's power is insane like he's a he's a 30 uh, 30 plus homer uh hitter like right now and is um, his K's aren't really that bad. He has no speed, but no third baseman except for Cabrian Hayes have speed. So, you know, it, it's, I don't, I actually, I like Beatty a lot. I just don't think he has the playing time. So that's my concern. Yeah, I would agree. I, I, I think it's playing time. Um, I would say his raw power is probably slightly above Jung, but Jung, I think, is, you know, an equally good hitter. Um, so it, it could go back and forth on those two. I mean, if we're looking at their production, uh, you know, Beatty had 21 home runs last year across three different levels and in about 100 games, 106 games in 2021. Jung had 19 home runs in, you know, 
80 games, give or take. So, I mean, the, the power production has been about the same, but I, I agree that he has a slightly more power upside. Um, but, uh, you know, Jung has a clear, gonna clear path. I mean, there's, there'll be something that we're not anticipating with, like, in spring training, like, you know, Vogelback and Escobar get locked in a, an elevator and, and Vogelback eats Escobar and it's like, well, we, we need someone, right? Like we have to have a, a, a DH or a third baseman. <laughs> Something, something's going to happen that people aren't anticipating right now that's going to change the landscape of one of these guys. Like, you know, like Lars Nutbar is going to get, oh my God. Imagine Lars, imagine Nutbar gets stuck in an elevator with Vogelback. Oh my God, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, like it's some like it's something we're not anticipating right now is going to happen in spring training and like someone's going to get hurt. And one of these guys is going to have like, oh, like suddenly Batty or Walker, someone's going to like jump on the scene. Yeah, so that's that's why that they get ranked. That's why they're on your list um, above where Rudy would have them because we're we're taking that upside that they happen to make the team or there's an injury or whatever happens, and again trying to get it ahead of of the claims that are, will ultimately come. Number next on your list is number thirty two. That is Gio Urshela. Um, he's out in the Angels. Last year he had twelve home runs, two stolen bases, forty one fifty one, and hit two twelve. Yeah, I'm projected for. Uh, or sorry, last year he had he had 13 home runs, one stolen base, 61, 64, and 285. Yeah, I'm projected for 10 home runs, one stolen bases, 44, 42, and 271. I mean, Urshela is he's fine. He's he's a fine hitter. He's mostly part time. Uh, he got he got a little bit more than part time last year, but I, I think that's generally the reason he gets kind of pushed down. Is just not sure he's playing every day. Yeah, I mean, I actually, I, Urshela, I, I like Urshela. Like he, like you mentioned, he had 285 last year. He has really good contact. I mean, he's, he's not going to blow you away. He's got no speed whatsoever. But I could see, like, in the Angels, uh, Urshela right now is behind, like, Jared Walsh and Anthony Rendon. It's like uh, Hurt and Herder. <laughs> they're 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 not making it through the season. And Urshela, if he gets four hundred and ten at bats or four hundred plus at bats, uh, I think he could hit fifteen homers and two eighty. And, and this late in the draft, there there's value there. I mean, I know it doesn't sound necessarily that exciting, and there's not like huge upside, but I I think he's I think he's probably underrated a little bit for like what's going to happen like right now he's barely getting drafted in the top like 450 so he's going very late he's going much later than i have him ranked like i i still like like we like i said earlier this is still not this is no longer 12 team mixed league type guys but urshela i think in a, a late 15 pick overall i mean 15 team uh, a late pick overall, I, I think there's a little bit of value there because I, I think people are underestimating how much playing time he's going to get because uh, right now it seems like he's only going to face lefties coming off the bench. But like I said, like Jared Walsh and Anthony Rendon, I mean, come on. <laughs> like, come on, bro. And Mike Trout, too. I mean, no offense. I mean, Mike Trout's great, but come on, bro. What's he going to play? 120 games? I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, Urshel is a nice, like, 
in-game play in deep leagues and ale only because you're like the reason his, his draft stock is down so far is because you look at the, the lineup it's like where does he play but then you actually look at the lineup you're like well Rendon doesn't play very often he gets hurt Brandon Drury who knows if he continues what he did last year he could just get benched and be a platoon you know utility guy Luis Rengifo obviously doesn't necessarily need to play every day either um is not an amazing shortstop anymore but he can he can play the position um so i mean i think there's still room for a shell to find playing time which if you can wait for that if you can you know if you have the depth if you're in deep enough league where that has value i do think the numbers ultimately come out fine and like they're probably similar to what we see from like a justin turner just you're not getting them right off the bat yeah, yeah, no, totally. I think, you know, just saying, like, uh, a random prediction, I'll say, even though I don't have them ranked this way, I will say Urshela will be more valuable on the player rater than Brandon Drury at the end of the year. Yeah, I have no issue with that. Uh, I don't have any issue if you said he's going to be more valuable than Anthony Rendon, honestly. Like, yeah. when was the last time Anthony Rendon was more valuable than Gio Urshela was last That's year? That's what I'm saying. Well, I don't even, ha- I didn't even rank Rendon yet. Well, he's, he's still, <laughs> he's still to come. And we're <laughs> deep. Right. But I mean, in, in drafts though, he's going a hundred, 150 picks ahead of Urshela. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, he's more. 200 picks before. Yeah. yeah. Rendon is going, Rendon's going in front of Justin Turner, which is nuts, bro. I mean, Rendon hasn't been good in like, he hasn't been good this decade, bro. He hasn't been healthy since 2019. So, like, you're, <laughs> like that's that's the last time he was any good. And 2019, the, they the were explosive ball. They were playing with a bouncy ball, bro. I mean, it's like that. That was not like Rendon healthy, even healthy, which I wouldn't count on, is a 20 homer, 250 hitter. Like that's if he's healthy, which I would not count on. Anyway, yeah. let's. Go. <laughs> let's let's go on. Next is number thirty three, which is Yoan Mankata. What a sad fall for Mankata, who used to be a, a top third baseman option. Uh last year he had twelve home runs, two stolen bases, forty one, fifty one, and he hit two twelve. Uh you haven't projected four, fifteen home runs, three stolen bases, sixty one, fifty eight, and two twelve. A bit more optimistic, and this is one where Rudy is higher on him. He has him sixteen home runs, four stolen bases, sixty four, sixty four, and a two forty one average. It was a hideous season for Makata, just like it was for the rest of the White Sox. I mean, at least he's not old, Gray. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking, Makata said it, last preseason, Makata said he was going to steal thirty bags. <laughs> what, bro? Come on, man. <laughs> Makata's a jokester, dude. He had two attempts. <laughs> uh, he, had, he attempted two steals, bro. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, Mankata Mankata seems like the uh for whatever reason I always think of Mankata in like best shape of his life type narratives in spring training. <laughs> he comes into spring training and he's like, Yo, let's do this <laughs> and then you get to June and he's got like five homers, zero steals and he's hitting two twenty and you're like, What happened, bro? I thought you were gonna do this. <laughs> I thought you were doing this. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Mankata's awful. I, I honestly, I'm kind of surprised that I'm the low man on him. Like he's going, Mankata's going way earlier than I have him ranked. Uh, he's still not going that early, but he's going well. He's going around 300 overall. Uh, I, 
I think Mankata is just like terrible. I I would like if I were running the White Sox, I would have DFA'd him already. <laughs> I think he's really like I don't know. I don't know what his deal is, but like he's going on two. He's at he has twenty six homers and five steals across two seasons across like almost a, a hundred and. 48 game. I mean, excuse me, 248 games. Like he's he's awful. <laughs> he's so bad. Anyway, I don't know, man. I, I'm not a fan, obviously. I uh <laughs> and he doesn't even make terrible contact. Like he hits the ball. It's just the worst type of contact. Like just awful. His hard hit percentage is like oh garbage. I mean, he's like he's really not good. <laughs> Any, anyway, <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's not been a great run for Yoel Moncada, who I will fess up was like one of my, like one of the first prospects I started. I remember like really getting in on. I was like watching tape of him. And I'm like, he's gonna be great. He's phenomenal. And um, yeah, it just hasn't ever really put it together. I mean, I will say there's maybe some some upside for him just because again, he's not terribly old. The White Sox together were just. Awful. He was awful at home last year. Um, he had 169 at home. He had 244 on the road. So maybe there's something there that at home for the White Sox was just awful. In September, he had 252 with five home runs and his two stone the two stolen bases he had all season. Maybe there's something to that. Again, to the the thought process of maybe something changed in September. Probably not. Probably not worth it. But if you're all the way down here, if you're just like hoping for the randomness of of the late picks. I, I don't hate Mankata after pick three hundred. Um, again, that may just be my biases kicking in, but there's still a lot of talent. He's not decrepit old. Maybe he can get traded from the White Sox. Maybe it's finally time he gets cut or traded, and he just he lands in the right place. I don't know. Um, but let's go ahead and move on. Mankata is not worth spending any more time on. The 34 through 43 we've covered, Gray. I'm just going to read the names off. It's Luis Ringifo, Wilmer Flores, Isaac Paredes, Spitzer Steer, DJ LeMahieu, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, Ramon Urias, Ezekiel Duran, Hassan Kim, and John Birdie. That rounds out 34 through 43. Your last tier here is, you know, it's, it's a number of guys we've talked about before. There's four guys that we, we really haven't talked about. It's all a bunch of old veteran guys, 44, you have Josh Donaldson, 45, Heimer Candelario, 46, Anthony Rendon, and 48, you have Evan Longoria. I mean, these guys are just, like, if you absolutely have to play somebody at third base, right? We're not really <laughs> expecting yeah. much from any of these guys. Yeah, I mean, I think that these guys are not only you have to play someone at third base, but you've also sort of given up on life. <laughs> <laughs> You've reached a point where you're like, you know what? I don't even care. You're wearing you're wearing sweatpants to church, bro. <laughs> it's like, I don't care, bro. I don't care. You know what? I'm getting married today and I'm wearing sweatpants. I don't care. <laughs> you're you've given up. I don't know what happened, but you know, I would I would talk to someone. There's people to talk to. Um, yeah, I don't like. Yeah, I wouldn't draft any of them. I last year, you know, for. I mean, to give one of these guys, to pull one out and give him, like, a half-decent chance. Heimer Condelaria, I liked last year because he was coming off a year when he, like, he hit a ton of doubles, uh, and I thought there might be something there. 
And Heimer Candelaria now on the Nats is like, I mean, he should play every day. I would think. I don't see why. I don't see why he wouldn't. So I don't know. Maybe if you're like crazy deep and you've got like nothing else left in the tank, <laughs> and you're, <laughs> you're running on empty, and you're just like, I don't know, man. I, I'm sort of giving up on life. But I guess Heimer Candelaria. <laughs> There's like if you're reaching for the smelling salts and you're like, you know what? I just want a little a little perk. Um, so maybe I don't know, but like Josh Donaldson and Anthony Rendon, like I have them ranked and I've given them like you know the projections are like under 400 at bats. Like I don't I don't think we're seeing anywhere close to a full season from either of them. Like people are people are drafting them. I think at least Rendon, like we said, Rendon's go. I don't know what people are thinking drafting Rendon, but people are like Rendon's going at like 240 overall. So he's going even in the range of like 12 team mixed league, <laughs> which is so funny. Like people have really lost their mind, but like Donaldson's going crazy late. Um, and I, I guess people are like, maybe he's hitting like every day in the Yankees lineup, but. Like, he was doing that last year, and he wasn't good. <laughs> he was not good. <laughs> and I don't think he's getting better. And I also don't think he's going to be playing every day. Like, I wouldn't be shocked to see him. Like, this is, like, the swan song for Josh Donaldson. I, I mean, the, the Yankees are out of their mind if they play him as much as they did last year. But the Yankees do like to play vets. I mean, it's unfortunate, but I do think – there's a chance he could still play 110 plus games, which he shouldn't. I mean, he should play like less than 70, but uh, you know, I don't know. I, but you know, maybe he gets some runs in RBIs. I guess is what I'm saying. But he's really not good. Uh, but you know, we're super late. I mean, these are barely in the top 500 overall. Like these are really late guys. So yeah. You do what you want with them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, I think you've you've called out the, you know the ones that I would I mean Cadillaro should have a playing should have playing time he should have a chance, um, and you know you could do worse than fifteen home runs and then uh, you know if you can get some average back that's that's kind of what you're hoping for is you can get back to that even in the middle of the two seasons get to like a two forty two fifty at least you'd have something to start at third base if you waited this long. Um, Donaldson, you know, at least, like you said, at least he's in the middle of the Yankees lineup when he does play. So when he does hit the ball, maybe there's some runs and RBI opportunity. I think of the guys that I read off, I might be most interested in Longoria. He's not going to play more than 100 games. He's just he's just not going to do it. Um, but he actually is performing when he does play. So at least on a, a per-game basis, he's the best option of them. And that's as bad as good as I can do. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, that's uh, pretty sad. But yeah, I I guess I agree. <laughs> I mean, he played less than ninety games. He had fourteen home runs and did in a two forty average last year. Like yeah. that's better than anybody else down here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, all these guys kind of like if you give it if you give them five hundred plus at bats, they're gonna be halfway decent you know like as far up as like the guy like the escobars like the eduardo escobar down to like evan langoria if you give them 500 at bats they're gonna be like 
at least halfway decent. It's just giving them 500 at bats is the problem. Like, it's like you yeah. can't necessarily just say, like, okay, Josh Donaldson's getting 500 at bats in the middle of the Yankee order. Like, how can that be that bad? It's like, yeah, no, I get that, but he's not getting 500 at bats. <laughs> it's just not happening. And if he does, then, you know. He has a, a Zombino type year and he has like, you know, he bounces back, but it's you can't count on that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm completely with you. Um I'm just gonna read off the rest of the list here. Uh forty nine you have Jonathan Aranda, fifty Aledmus Diaz, fifty one Jace Peterson, fifty two JD Davis, fifty three Patrick Wisdom, fifty four Joey Wendell, and fifty five Nikki Lopez. Any of this group that you want to kind of say, you know, if you're again, if you're just this late and you need a body, who are you going for out of this group? Uh, no one. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I'm actually I'm kind of interested in like Aaron, uh, Jonathan Arenado. Uh, man, is that confusing? Because I, I want to say Arenado. Um, Arenado. Uh, I guess is the most interesting, like upside wise. But you know, actually. The guy who I'm most interested in is uh, a J.D. Davis uh, bounce back because, like, I don't know. I mean, maybe he platoon. He never plays. I mean, his sporadic his entire <laughs> career. So maybe maybe he doesn't play. But if he does play, I I don't know. I mean, last year he hit 12 homers and 250 in 115 games. So... Yeah, I mean, it's not much worse. Honestly, that's not much worse than like guys going 200 picks before him. If he were, if JD Davis were to get the playing time, but you know, I, he probably doesn't get the playing time. <laughs> so I, I, I don't. There's there's not a ton of guys here though. Honestly, it's like it, it's bad. <laughs> it's yeah. not. The, you named the only two that I was going to bring up, which was Jonathan Aranda who's with the Rays. Uh, he had 18 home runs, four stolen bases, hit 318 last year for them. So there's there's a little bit of excitement around him. I believe he went for like $3 in our in our uh, salary cap AL draft that we just got done doing. I, I will say there was a number of people who were like, oh, I'm saving him for dollar days bidding. So he's on people's radars, but that's that's about all right now. And I do think the J.D. Davis bounce back could be interesting. I mean, Lamont Wade Jr., David Vr, Jock Peterson, uh, Mike Dostrimsky. Like, do, do any of these guys have to play? When was the last time Michael Conforto, Conforto even touched the field for a Major League Baseball regular season game? So if any of those guys go down, I think J.D. Davis is the you know probably the one that slots in. It's going to be him or Wilmer Flores. And he, he's useful in a number of positions. And like I said, he, like, his numbers last year aren't really that bad. Like a 250, 15 to 20 home run hitter, if you gave him a, you know, 150 games, that's that's not dissimilar than what we were talking about at like pick, or like the 18 to 20 range of the position. So, um, yeah. There's there's some options here if you're, you're scrambling, but we wouldn't really count on them. You're kind of waiting on things to turn over or waiting for them to find the positions. But there is some... You know, very deep league AL only type of value here that, that could be had. Yeah, no, completely. All right, Gray. So that wraps us up for third base, which was, as we mentioned, very top heavy. Do you interesting names in the middle, and then a whole lot of just blah in between. That's power only, average only, 
playing time concerns. But that's kind of what you're looking at third base this year. Uh, we're finally done with the infield, so we're going to be moving out to the outfield next week. I don't know exactly how many guys we'll cover, but, you know, we'll we'll get into it. As always, if you want, you can follow us on Twitter, send any comments or questions, what you, whatever you have to us there. I am at RazBeatOn. Gray is the owner of the at RazBall account. You can watch us if you want. It is YouTube.com slash RazBallFantasy. Those are up there uh, if you want to see Gray's mustachioed beauty across from me in his <laughs> in his Ferrari zip up there you can see it there until we get to outfielders gray and try and run through as many as we can in two hours I will see you next week buddy all right later